This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 220 Inch. On this episode, we interview Weird Al superfan YouTuber and the king of automaton covers, The Real Sully G. Welcome, everybody, to episode 220 inch. Happy February. Well, Dave, what do you want to do this episode? I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell us what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell us what you want, what you really, really want. I want to ha, I want to ha, I want to ha, I want to ha. I want to really, really, really want a zigga zigga ah. Ah, I see you must have played the New York Times crossword this past Monday, February 5th, Dave. Yes, I did. And I totally got the answer to number. 61 across correct. Nice! What was the clue? Weird Al Yankovic medley that features Wannabe by the Spice Girls. And what did you put for the answer? Polka power, of course. Nice job! And how did you do on the rest of the puzzle? Well, let's just say I didn't zigga-zigga-ah. Well, let's just say... Now it's time for what's happening in Weird Al related news. The 66th annual Grammy Awards were held this past Sunday, February 4th, and unfortunately, the soundtrack to Weird the Al Yankovic Story did not win in its category. The Weird the Al Yankovic Story soundtrack was nominated for Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media and lost out, as Weird Al and Variety.com expected, to the Barbie movie soundtrack. Regardless, this was Weird Al's 17th overall Grammy nomination, and in a congested year for soundtracks, we are absolutely thrilled to see Weird Al still get the recognition with a nomination for what is such a pretty stinking majestic soundtrack to such a pretty stinking majestic film. And from all of us here, at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Compilation producers Leo Bierenberg, Zach Robinson, and Al Yankovic, as well as music supervisor Suzanne Kaufman, are big winners to us. And with absolutely impeccable timing, considering what we shared on episode 219-inch, Suzanne Yankovic shared a video of Weird Al jamming with Eric Idle last week. Now, aside from Suzanne's Instagram story and a couple other Instagram posts, there's not a ton of information about this jam session. But what we do know is that Weird Al and Eric were also jamming with Alex Jules, who has toured with the Monkees, Eric Paparazzi, who has recorded with the Monkees, and Mike Geyer, who is also known as Puddles from Puddles Pity Party. And the song that they were performing in Suzanne's Instagram story was the classic Runaway by Del Shannon. Now, while today, 2-7, is not officially Weird Al Day, there are some exciting Weird Al-related anniversaries today. Well, it's not officially Weird Al Day because in Europe and other parts of the world, the date is written as 7-2. So that would make it... La Drew Day? Anyway, regardless of where in the world you are, February 7th is a special day because it's the day Mary Yankovic and Emo Phillips, you know, Weird Al's mom and his, well, honorary weird uncle, were born. And it's also a friend and past guest of the podcast, Marty Farlow's birthday as well. I hope there's lots of beer and broccoli, cake and coleslaw to go around for everyone. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, Emo and Marnie, and happy heavenly birthday to Mary. 
This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito, burrito, and wizard burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito, and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, and wizard burger for mouthwatering loaded, dare I say, BV vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito, and wizard burger. Feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. All right, let's check out what's happening in David Ethan's 2008's Weird Al Podcast Related News, our Patreon family got a special treat last week oh do we get a new sponsor uh here it is uh, yappy's dog treats your dog will love that real liver and tuna taste with just a hint of cheese no 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 not quite the treat i was thinking of our patreon family was treated to a video of our very own Ethan Allman singing Amish Paradise in front of Sam Levine, Dave Hill, Rob Snyder, and Robert Smigel. Wait! I thought I told intern Frank to take that down! I changed my mind! Too late, Ethan. It already went viral and broke the internet. Ah! Well, stay tuned as we have some more exclusive videos from SF Sketchfest Weekend dropping soon over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Ah! Oh, don't worry, Ethan. You do not sing karaoke in any of these videos. Why did I ever sync my iCloud with intern Frank? Well, I calm down. We've got a great interview coming up. So, Dave, why don't you just take it away? We are absolutely thrilled to welcome to the podcast the real Sully G. He is a music artist and self-proclaimed king of the automatones. He has over 2.3 million subscribers on his YouTube page and over 1 billion views. He has released multiple, multiple albums and two holiday EPs. We are absolutely thrilled to talk to you, Sully. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. No notes. First take. Perfect. <laughs> so great to have you on sullied we're a big fan of your work and as it turns out we've actually sort of known you for a while (laughs) yes i've i've run into both of you i mean i'm a i'm a longtime listener of the podcast obviously but i've i've run into dave at a handful of shows um we you know communicated back on the old weird al forums back Back in the day when I was known as Muppet Boy 09 rather than the real Selling G. And then, yeah, I, I, I ran into you, Ethan, at the Wilkes-Barre show, I believe, on the last on the last tour, the return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour. Yeah, that that is incredible that we've sort of been connected. But I have to admit, I wasn't familiar with your work until our mutual friend Jared Marker he posted this really great video about Weird Al fans and you are part of that and together you guys talk about your Weird Al shirt collection and I was like well I gotta check this guy out if Jared recommends him and I've just been obsessed (laughs) with the automaton covers and your other channels so uh, we're really excited to have you here. Oh, well, I, I am honored to be a guest on this prestigious podcast. So thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> we're definitely going to get into some of our interactions at the Weird Al shows and your Hawaiian shirt collection. But I think we need to uh, have you kind of give people an overview of it. what exactly is an automaton and how did you get into that sort of music and instrument? Yeah, I, I definitely kind of stumbled into this. A lot of people ask, you know, was this your plan all along? And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, this was never, this was all an accident. I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, so the automaton <laughs> is, 
It is a Japanese instrument. I mean, it was more invented as a toy. It's shaped like a musical note, and then you can play uh, notes on the stem of the instrument. Um, it's like basically is a touchpad that from the top of the automaton is the low notes, and at the very bottom are the high notes, and you can attempt to play music on it. I came across a video of one back in 20... It would have been like January of 2017, I saw a video of one on Reddit and I'm like, that is hilarious. And at the time <laughs> I, I was making YouTube videos, but I had less than a hundred subscribers. My videos were getting, you know, 10 views or something. And so at that time it was, you were automatically able to get into the YouTube partner program. So you could automatically make money, no, you know, threshold requirements. And hmm. so I was making here and there, I would make a penny off a video and I thought that was insane to me because I was like that's real money off of these <laughs> silly videos and so I verbally said out loud to my family when I was home on winter break from college I was like when I get my first check from YouTube I'm going to use it to buy this dumb instrument and then make a video with it and um, my my one my wonderful mother who very quickly realized he's never going to make that get that first check from YouTube because I think you have to get like a $200 threshold built up before they even pay you out. And at that time I was making maybe two cents a month. So she knew, she knew it was never going to happen. And so, uh, around Valentine's day, when I was back at college, I just got a random package in the mail from my mother and I opened it up. She's like, I got you. I remembered you talking about this Aww. and I found it on Amazon. And so Aww. she sent it to me and I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. And I made a, a single video with it. I, probably spent a couple hours making it and then I uploaded it to YouTube um, casted it out into the void and it didn't do well it just I mean nothing on my channel did well because I had like 10 <laughs> subscribers so right I I just kind of let it be and then moved on and continued with my life doing other videos just kind of trying to find what my niche is gonna be on YouTube and it wasn't until I think probably like three to four months later all of a sudden it kind of hit the algorithm and so it got like 20,000 views which was unheard of for wow. my channel at the time and so i'm like that's insane and then someone had posted it in a reddit comment somewhere you know just underneath a, a front page post on reddit saying oh this is tangentially related like i love this video and so that got it to like 50,000 views and i'm like dude I should probably capitalize on this and make one more <laughs> one more video using the automaton while people are interested. And so I did. I pumped out another automaton video trying to just kind of ride the wave of like my 15 minutes of fame. Uh, and that video did well. And I said, okay, maybe I can do one more. And now I'm I'm well over 200 videos <laughs> in and I, I, I question every day. I'm like... You know, I wake up every day saying, all right, this is going to end eventually. People are going to lose interest in this eventually. And so, you know, I just, I'm just trying to live in the moment and enjoy every single second that I get to keep making these dumb videos for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a very long answer to the question of what is an automaton. No, but... it's, it's perfect. It's perfect because... I mean, people listening who have not seen your videos may... I mean, on paper, saying you make automaton videos 
it's really hard to understand and and it doesn't sound yeah, it, it's as just incre- a bunch of nonsense it's like what what it, it, you it is what <laughs> and it's it's your, your music is there's no words it's just these electronic kids toy noises but the it's it's one of these things where it's like you know the slime videos you see on youtube where it's like oddly satisfying it's yeah, oddly satisfying yeah. to your ears to hear these yeah I can't describe how amazing it is. It's something you have to experience. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the the free promo there. You you gotta watch it to to believe it. You, <laughs> you just our our descriptions won't do it justice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and not only does it sound great, you have a lot you have a lot of visuals that you, a lot of times you know when you're doing these cover songs, you are pretty much doing the original music video except for you're doing your own take on it with the automaton as the main focus the main character in the video they are they are incredibly well done videos and they're amazingly fun to watch and they're they're just they're just a blast they just this is one of your youtube page is one of those ones that you can go down a rabbit hole. You oh, yeah. Like, oh, I've got to watch this. I've got to watch this. And then next thing you know, it's it's three days later and you haven't showered and you're still watching Automaton videos. It's so much fun. Well, I appreciate it. And I've, I've, I've always said I pride myself. I am a video editor first and a musician 527th. You know, like I am – I have never had formal music training. I have never – taken a lesson to learn an instrument i've never you know i completely fell backwards into this whole music thing this was never my intention in life never even like a goal you know i've always wanted to make videos for a living i like editing videos i like experimenting with new things in you know stylistics of editing and this youtube page gives me the opportunity to really push myself outside my comfort zone through the you know the the facade of automatons it really is a way for me to just go okay i want to copy this music video and i have like a week to figure out how to mimic it in editing style and so that's what i love to do i i have now obviously grown into knowing more about music and kind of and enjoying making music but that was never my intention it was always it was always just the automaton was always a vehicle to do video editing and when you say video editing are you collaborating with someone to create these digital videos and animations or are you doing that yourself every video on my channel as of the taping of this video of this podcast um every video on my channel has been the work of one person and that is me wow. a, a lot of people think that the the real Sully G is a collective they say like oh the real Sully G you guys are my favorite group and it's like <laughs> no it's just it's just one um you know really sleep deprived person sitting behind a computer uh trying to pump out these videos and stay relevant so no it's it is it is just me trying my best to you know replicate whatever style i'm copying this week well it's it's unbelievable and and what i i also recommend is once you dig yourself out of the real silly g um (laughs) rabbit hole that you found yourself in you have a second channel called the fake silly g where you can actually Uh, see your side by side your video versus you know the the one that you're covering or parodying or do you call yeah. it a parody or a cover what where does that fall so i mean 
I feel like I I whenever I do a song, I those are considered I call them automaton covers because it is me, you know, covering a song. I feel like when I'm when I'm reaching outside of the realm of music and kind of doing viral video parodies, like I feel like that's more definitely a parody. But in general, if there's music in it, I consider it a cover. But you know, in the in in the legal sense, I have no idea. If you're trying, if you took me to a court of law and was like, prove that this is either a cover or a parody, I have no idea. I plead the fifth. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I should say the fakes LEG, uh, those side by side comparisons, those were invented out of, I I, I want to say necessity because I found out probably about a year ago that I'm like, all right, why are these videos getting significantly less views than they were? And I find out that there are just random people on YouTube re-uploading the video but putting it side by side oh. with the original and oftentimes oh. taking credit saying they created oh, the, the, the Atavatone one and putting it side by side. And sometimes these side by side comparisons were getting millions more views <laughs> than the original video. And so I was like, well, I, I guess I now have to make these two comparisons so I can at least link back to myself and say, Hey, I was the one who right. you know, who made this, <laughs> and, and for the most part, they're not monetized because because YouTube has a system in place that if it detects copyrighted content, which there very much is in the side by side comparisons, because it's the original, um, it'll either demonetize it or give the ad revenue back to the original owners, which is which is fine because I'm not doing that to make millions of dollars. I'm just trying to you know not right. lose. For- millions of views in in also it's a, a service to you know i mean for me personally i go through and i you know i'm, I'm watching the videos about the the toilet guy who i've never heard of uh, so it's like i don't know what i i just i find it funny it's like oh there's a, a, a tomatone sticking his head out of the toilet and that's, dancing yeah, that's around. still confusing to me people <laughs> ask me like i don't get it can you explain it to me and i'm like absolutely i cannot explain it to you it's i i basically at some points i am just kind of I, i'm just i'm kind of manning the ship while my comment section are telling me you gotta do a cover of Skibbity Toilet. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> and so I do like minimal research and I'm like, all right, I get, I, all right, if you want me to, I, I can, I can try. It's, it's very weird because you're, you're diving into these very dark, weird corners of the internet and you're making it even darker and weirder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, it is. It is one of the weirder <laughs> niche genres on YouTube. It's, you know, I, I I always say that the reason I have been able to sustain this for so long is because I have very much cornered the market because not many people are making this type of content, <laughs> nor would anyone in their right mind want to make this content. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I've cornered the market. And so, so when people want that this kind of content, they come to me because... Where else are they going to go? I, I will say there are a couple other automaton creators out there who do great work and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm not the only one out there, but I'm one of a select few. Right. <laughs> now, you mentioned in, that you got uh, you know the idea for this toilet video from your YouTube comments. Uh, is that where you get most of your ideas for these covers? Where do, where do they come from? Yeah, I you know, because as much as I would love to just make videos 
because I want to make this video just because for fun. It, in the end, it's it's everything I do is a business decision because you obviously want a video to perform well because then you get money out of it and the channel stays alive for another week. And so a lot of it is business decisions of, all right, what is popular right now and what does my core audience really want to see? Because if I just start making stuff that they don't want to see, no one's going to watch it and they will unsubscribe. <laughs> and so that's just a terrible business move. And so, yeah, I, I read through comments every day. I will occasionally put out, you know, polls on Twitter or on the YouTube community page or on my Discord server saying, hey, I'm looking for, I'm actively looking for ideas right now. Can anyone give me a heads up of what the kids are into these days? Because I don't <laughs> understand half the things I cover. I, I was like, I... For a while, I really had my finger on the pulse of like, oh, this is a good meme, and now I don't understand it anymore. I just hope that people will bring something to my attention. They're like, all right, <laughs> this, this might be a good contender. <laughs> well, I think, you know, if you want Dave and I to suggest anything, it'll only be Weird Al songs. <laughs> yeah, there, there, you know, there, I do actually have a, there are a few people like in my Discord server that are always saying, come on, you, you got to do a Weird Al cover. And it's like, in, I said, if 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 Al ever releases a new song or one of his songs comes back into popularity, like I will be all over that the second it happens. Like, trust me, I I am just waiting for an excuse to do so. But then you have people saying, "All right, you got to do the entirety of Albuquerque on a tomato." I'm like, I absolutely not. A, I would lose my mind. B, I feel like not many people would understand it. But, I mean, it would be hilarious. It would be. But at the same time, I'm like, geez, 12 minutes of an automaton just going, wah, 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 wah. Oh, my gosh. That would be my vote, too, is for Albuquerque. Yeah, it's, it, people are usually split between you should do Albuquerque and you should do Hardware Store, which would, would be equally intense to try and orchestrate. <laughs> they, they just like to pick the hardest ones. They're like, all right, you should either do this incredibly long song or this incredibly complicated song. Well, we're not worried about your time. We just want to watch it. <laughs> Exactly. No. Yeah. Who cares about like the behind the scenes process of me just like banging my head on a desk for five hours? Maybe you start with something a little bit shorter, like like Fun Zone, or perhaps uh, the Dave Nathan's Two Thousand Inch Weird Al podcast theme song. There's another very popular one that that people are going to jump on. That is a that is a very good contender. I I should I I'll, I'll I will record an automaton cover of that. If you want to use it in this podcast episode, I will. We I do hundred percent. Do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I would. Abs I will absolutely do that. But Fun Zone, that's a that's a tempting one. Fun Zone is possibly one of my favorite yeah. Weird Al songs.
I love me some fun zone. That would be a, a great automaton cover song. Which is why I would like to say I was so happy. Uh, one of the Lancaster shows on the past tour after Albuquerque, you know, halfway through, he forgets and has to start over. And they started the whole concert over and played fun zone in its entirety again. <laughs> so I was absolutely just pleased out oh, yeah. of my mind that night. I was like, this can't get any better. <laughs> We were at that show, and that was absolutely incredible. Oh, I was I was losing my mind. He did the, like, start over from the beginning joke a handful of times. I don't know if any of the other ones included Fun Zone in its entirety, so we may have just lucked out. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember because I was looking around, you know, keeping track of the tour as it went along, seeing the set list and stuff. I don't recall there being another one. And, you know, I know in some cases they started over and Emo Phillips came out and started doing stuff. I know in some t- cases, right. you know, most most cases they just start the song over. But yeah, I, fun that was unexpected for even me <laughs> sitting in the audience. So I was just like, dude, this is this can't get any better. This is great. Yeah, I do believe that Lancaster was the first time uh, that he went right back to the very beginning like that. I think they were saving that for a special show where they knew a lot of Weird Al's biggest fans were at. And Lancaster, you know, had a had a big uh, contingent of yes. uh, Weird Al fans <laughs> there. So, and I remember uh, seeing so someone think- got someone got Steve's uh, set list after that show, and it was drawn in pencil, like a circle around Albuquerque. And then an arrow pointing up to Fun Zone, and an arrow pointing from Fun Zone to First World Problems, and then from First World Problems all the way back down to Albuquerque. <laughs> that was that was oh, Steve's way of reminding himself. Amazing. All right, here's how we're doing it. That's incredible. <laughs> Sully, I have to imagine that some of your inspiration in the music you're creating, in the videos, in the visuals, has to go back to your love to Al. Absolutely. I mean, I have been. You know, obsessed is a strong word, but I'll use it. Obsessed with Weird Al since, you know, I, 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 the first show I went to was 2007, so that I would have been 10 at the time, um, and I am now going on 26. So, you know, I've I've been a Weird Al fan for a majority of my life now, <laughs> and um, absolutely, I mean, other than, you know, loving his catalog and dissecting every single song in it, as I'm now, you know, writing my own music on a, on another channel and trying my my best to do comedy, which you know is is subjective, <laughs> whether it's comedy or not. But I I would say definitely a lot of my humor and my inspiration uh, comes from Weird Al, and I I see a lot of comments that I I that I look like a discount Weird Al, which I <laughs> I take that as a compliment. I'm like. I'm like, I don't know if you meant that in a mean way, but you know what? I'm going to take it as a compliment. I think that's fantastic. That is a great compliment. <laughs> it's, yeah, I love it. I, I'll, I'll take it. I, I think it's pretty accurate. I think that's, that, that is the best way to describe me currently. Is it, you know, I have, the, I have the glasses. I have the mustache. I have the long, long wavy hair. I'm like, yeah, it's, that's accurate. But you've, no, I, you've I got the I, Hawaiian I, shirts too, of course. I, I got the, yeah, you know, I, I am basically, at, at this point, I am morphing into a weird owl. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's, it's happening and there's no stopping it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people comment that they're like, this, you know, this song that you wrote reminds me of Weird Al, which I would, you know, disagree with. I think that that might be coming from people who may have just a general knowledge of Weird Al. of just mm. like, he he looks like this and he makes funny songs. Because I'm like, I don't necessarily feel like my music mirrors him. And that's not to say, like, 
I don't want it to. It's just more like I, I am not at that. We are on two completely different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I saw, I saw like I come to like, you're the next weird owl. I'm like, absolutely not. Not in a million <laughs> years. I appreciate it, but not in a million years. Uh, so, you know, but I feel like a lot of what I do is inspired by Al in one way or another. Well, I think a good example of that is we talked about, you know, your the fake Sully G, where you have a lot of the behind the scenes of side by side comparisons. And, you know, when you put Weird Al's parody video next to the original video, it mirrors it pretty much one by one, just like your videos do. So there's certainly I, that's where I see a lot of uh, maybe Weird Al's influence on your work. Yeah, that's that's an aspect I, I, I honestly never thought of. But yeah, I mean, like if you put bad and fat side by side it's like oh that's hilarious there are <laughs> you know he's 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 copying the music video you know he's like parodying it very closely to the original but then also throwing in visual gags that aren't in the original and i i feel like that's a lot of what i do honestly is you know i i'm <laughs> trying to get you know show the spirit and of the original but at the same time, make really stupid visual gags that maybe only one person will find funny. But if, <laughs> if even one person laughs, I'm like, all right, I did my job. It was not all for nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's, I always say, and it's very cheesy. And I, it's like, I mean, it's way too early in this podcast to be getting sappy. But I'm like, <laughs> I like, I always say, like, if if I die, you know, when I die eventually, and it's like, if I am forever known as just the automaton guy, or even if during my time on YouTube I made just one person's day a little better once, I'm like, I think then I've done my job. You know, I think everything will have been worth it if one person had a slightly better day because they watched <laughs> one of my videos. I'm like, I'm like that. You know, that's all I can ask for really in the long run. I think you need some new goals, man. Like, I think we've done that already. I keep the bar real low. You know, I, I don't want to get, you know, I, I got I to gotta keep the bar low so then I can be like, wow, I achieved my goals. Because if I make crazy goals and I don't achieve them, then that's just, that's just sad. <laughs> well, so you, you mentioned getting into L when you were 10. What got you into L? What was your first introduction? So my first introduction, we were throwing a birthday party for my grandmother and one of my cousins, you know, we were all around the same age, around 10 to 10 to 11, I would say, um, you know, comes over with his iPod and is playing me this song he, he loves. And he's like, this is so funny. It's a song about Star Wars, but it's sung like American Pie. <laughs> And, you know, everyone knows American Pie. Like, that, that you know, some sometimes you can come up with a song that he parodied, and they're like, oh, I don't know the original that well. Everyone knows American Pie. Yeah. And so even at 10, I am familiar with that. And so, you know, put the earbuds in and listen to this song. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how is this something I've never encountered? The uh, the term parody or an example of a parody, that that is nothing I'd ever encountered at that point in my life, because at this time, you know, this is not pre-internet, but like right at the beginning of YouTube. And so you're not seeing that every day. You're right at the beginning of YouTube 
and also past the heyday of MTV. And so you're, you're just kind of like, if you know what it is, you know what it is. If you don't, well, you'll find it eventually. <laughs> and so I found it eventually, and I remember going home. And again, this because YouTube either just started or wasn't even around yet at the time when I discovered Weird Al, uh, there, you know, the the way you found music, you go to iTunes, and I'm like, wow, look at all these albums that are available, and you know, you go through and listen to the 30 second preview, and go, ooh, I want to buy that one, I want to listen to that one, and so you know, I would I would buy a song here and there, and I would listen to them on repeat. I remember I'd I'd burn a CD and put it into my little portable CD player on the road. It was you know, as as a child, that is peak of your life right there (laughs) and i remember very clearly that it was you know around i was around 10 i guess and for my 10th birthday we were um you know we were going to do something big like i I, we were going to do a little trip for my birthday because 10 that's a big year um and so we were originally i was kind of into a couple songs from monty python spam a lot at the time which was on broadway um and so that was kind of the front runner of what we were thinking of doing at the time. But then I discovered Weird Al and we looked up on his website and it's like, wow, this guy's still touring. It's wow. And he's coming to a location that's, you know, like, you know, a little bit of a drive from us, but not not a terrible drive. I mean, not as bad as New York City. And so we're like, all right, let's let's buy tickets and go see this Weird Al guy. And I just remember it being one of the greatest nights of my life. You know, it's, it was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister all way back, like in the back of the theater. Um, but seeing Real at, and at the time, I wasn't familiar with his entire discography. So there were songs he was performing that I had never heard before. So jokes that I was hearing for the first time, you know, these interstitials of him interviewing celebrities I had never seen because, again, prior, it was before YouTube. And so, I mean, it was just one of those experiences that you couldn't describe to anyone, just how rapid fire you were being attacked with jokes and visuals and costumes, and it was just absolutely insane. And, you know, leaving that concert, I I think my life was changed in a way. It's like, well, (laughs) you're going to be going to a lot of concerts over the next, you know, 15 years, which which I have. And what was that tour that you first saw, Alan? It was it was 2007. It would have been the Straight Outta Linwood tour. It was the second. Le- it was uh, was it the second leg? Of, was there two legs of that tour? I, it, it was near the end of that tour. It was I think it was in August of 2007. So you know that was it was a it was a good show. It was a good good solid set list. And also, <laughs> it, for people who are familiar with the Straight Outta Linwood tour set list, I did not know what the song Albuquerque was, and so. <laughs> <laughs> if you can only imagine seeing a guy on stage perform this song for the first time, not knowing anything about it, you are like, is this written? Is he just making things up right now? Is like, And then he says, oh, we got to start the song over again. And you're just like, your 10-year-old mind is going, what is going on? <laughs> it was fantastic. And then you go home and look up the set list and find out, that's on an album? <laughs> that tour is special to me because that was the first tour that i actually got to meet dave oh wow uh i went up to him and you know he was the celebrity that he was and i i got pictures of of his tattoos on my phone and it was great 
And then uh, I said to him right then and there, I said, Dave, in, in 13 years or whatever, let's start a podcast about Weird Al. <laughs> and he was like, absolutely, I will set uh, set a reminder. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that reminder went off. And, On my flip phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when I – and it's, it's funny you mention that because the first time I met Dave, I said, hear me out. In about, you know, eight years or so – I will have a notable enough following online <laughs> that will warrant you to ask me to be a guest on the podcast, with, which you have not started yet, but you will be starting in a few years. Do you remember that, Dave? <laughs> I remember both of those situations exactly as you both described them. So it was okay. so your, your memory is perfect. Now, I was, I was actually trying to think back because when Jared put out his video, he had reminded me that you, uh, Sully, and I have met before, and I was trying to think back to when it was, and I think Jared was the one that sent me a picture of the two of us in Big Flats, New York on September 4th, 2016. Wow. So I think that was probably the first time that we had met each other. I believe it was. I, I, that is... To my knowledge, the first time we met at the VIP, you know, pre-show party on the Mandatory World Tour. And I was dressed up as uh, Amish Al, and I think you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt, if I'm not mistaken. I, I was dressed up as Tacky Al. I was wearing one of the rotating <laughs> oh, okay. That's what it was from that tour, <laughs> along with the pants that are worn on that tour and in the music video. Amazing. So. <laughs> Well, oh, that's a good transition. Let's talk a little bit about your Hawaiian shirts collection. I mean, I know you, you, I think, and Jared connected through Hawaiian shirts. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I so I I had posted, you know, on Weird Al forums back in the day. Um, man, the good old days of the forums. But I I had posted a thread saying, "There's this one shirt that Al wore." at a concert I was just at, and I I really like that shirt, and where can I buy it? Um, and someone on the, I was like, and I was, I think I had said that I had, I had maybe seen a photo of someone wearing one before, so I knew it existed. And someone on the forum said, I think you're thinking about Yank27, who is also a member on the forum. Ooh, okay. And, um, and they said he collects... Hawaiian shirts and so he might be able to give you a better answer of what shirt that is and so I, I sent him a, a, a private message that I believe in his video he he actually somehow kept or archived all those messages wow. which I didn't I did not so he the first message that I sent him I believe he still has of me just saying hey I saw you a picture of you wearing this shirt where can I get it? And he was very kind. And he said, uh, it's made by Jams World, this company, which makes a lot of the shirts Al wears. Uh, and it was for their 30th anniversary. And it is long since out of print. So get to looking on eBay. And it, 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 so I did. And it took me, you know, obviously then I started getting into, oh, well, I want to collect more shirts that Al wears. And so finding you know, new ones. And he, uh, Jared was very helpful whenever he saw one that he already had, he would send me a link saying, Hey, I, I already have this one and it's in your size. So go for it. Have fun. Uh, and it, it took a few years, I believe before, before he sent me a link saying, Hey, the one that you really wanted all those years ago that you messaged me for, it's for sale right now. Wow. And, and it was, I, and I basically was 
willing to put as much money into this as possible because it was it because it wasn't a buy it now and it was it was up for bidding and oh, so I'm no. like I I I think I put a max bid of like a hundred and fifty dollars or something and I ended up winning the bid for I think fifteen dollars oh so <laughs> so I I really didn't need to worry that yeah. much but I was like I was willing to go into debt for this shirt because I liked it so much and so that shirt that's the shirt I believe I'm wearing in the video that uh, Jared put out very I cool had to wear that shirt because it's very sentimental to me it's my favorite and it's also the one that got me into collecting and now I have like thirty maybe you know twenty to somewhere between 20 to 30 individual shirts hung up in my closet that Al has worn that design at some point in time. And I'm, I'm very much, I always end up slacking on searching for shirts in between tours. But then as soon as a new tour pops up, Al will have new shirts that he's wearing. And it's like, all right, time to go right. <laughs> find them. Because my goal in life, I still have not achieved it yet, my goal in life is to correctly wear the shirt that he's wearing that night to said performance. <laughs> I, I've still not lucked out. That is a feat that Jared has done. I've seen him at oh, shows. Oh, absolutely. And I, he, it's yes, incredible. He, he, has, <laughs> he has done it before, and I, I have not yet. I've, I've worn shirts that are in rotation on that tour, but I've never been able to you know, specifically get right. the right night because <laughs> I, I don't go to that many shows. I mean, I usually I go to one show, a tour this past where I went to four. So I'm getting, getting into that tour chaser life. So this past tour, I had a better chance and, you know, one of the nights I was very close, but I ended up, I, I had, I had the shirt that was worn, but I decided to wear a different one. that oh. night. So, you know, what can you do? <laughs> Now, Sully, I was doing a deep dive on Weird Al's Instagram recently, and in 2015, August 24th, 2015, he actually posts a video of him playing an automaton. People have people have sent me that, and I'm like, in the back of my mind, I think I remember seeing the video when he posted that. But I never made that connection until people sent it to me many years later, like while after I was well-established with the automaton. People were like, hey, you got to check out this old video of Weird Al playing the automaton. And watching it, I'm like, I definitely remember seeing it, but never even thought about it ever after right. watching it. So, I mean, it is absolutely a very weird kind of coincidence that, you know, maybe maybe that time when I saw the automaton on Reddit, part of my brain was thinking... Weird Al once had this. You want to buy the automaton now? <laughs> but but no, that's that was just a happy coincidence and very strange looking back now that people compare me so much to Weird Al. Well, and it also further justifies that you know the whole you know idea of the music created with an automaton is right up Al's alley. It's something that he it yeah you know would would like. I, I I would hope so. I, I hope if Al ever saw one of my videos, he'd go, okay, I like that, and then move on with his life. <laughs> That's the only reaction I could I could hope for. Now, I think one of your older videos, you actually do a piano cover of Al's song, Melanie. Yeah, that was back when, you know, back when it was my still, still my freshman year of college. It might have been actually after the first Automaton video, but in that period before it the video itself blew up mm -hmm. that I was, you know, still really just, you know, as a content creator, you're going, 
everyone on YouTube has a thing they're known for. And you're trying to find what's that thing that I will be known for. And so I'm basically throwing anything at the wall and seeing if it will stick. So as someone who, again, has no musical training or really knows how to play any instruments, I'm like, I'm going to try and do a piano co cover of Mel Melanie because that was the current song I was on, you know, a binge listening yeah. to. <laughs> and so I, I did that, and I I guarantee I have not looked at the view count of that for years, but it is probably abysmal. But it's still there. I, I refuse to delete any of those videos because they're <laughs> they're a part of my history, and also I gotta gotta show my love to Al. Of course. Now, I think we only sort of briefly touched on it, but there is a third YouTube channel, and this one is just called Sully, and this is more a look into your actual life and your actual interests, and a lot of them do feature original comedy songs, which I gotta say are fantastic. Oh, that's very kind of you. But one of the the recent ones you posted sort of shined a light on another thing you collect, which, for lack of a better term, Chuck E. Cheese animatronic <laughs> robots. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that and and how do you collect that? So well before I was interested in Al, I mean, we're talking when I was maybe four or five, um, we had a Chuck E. Cheese that was fairly local to us. And so as a kid, that's what you do. Your parents take you to Chuck E. Cheese if you get good report card or something. But I was always just enamored with the animatronic show that they had. You know, I, I, I have always kind of asked for verification from my family. There was a point in time when I was really young that it's like you don't quite know if they're real or not. Whether, you know, you, you don't quite understand the concept of robots. You think that, oh, there is a giant rat singing on stage, and that's totally fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was always just absolutely fascinated. We have photos and videos of me just, like, sitting in an empty showroom because no other children were interested in it. And I was just, like, watching the shows and thinking this is amazing. And then... Um, Inevitably, I, one year, around December, I was writing my letter to Santa Claus to send off to the North Pole, as I would, as, as every kid would, and I, I finished writing it, and my parents asked, what did you ask for? And I said, I'm not going to tell you, and they said, well, you kind of have to tell us because we can say no to anything like if we don't want Santa to get it for you, <laughs> and I sh I showed them I showed them my letter, and I had asked Santa for all the Chuck E. Cheese robots. Oh wow! <laughs> and that is when they told me, no, Santa has a budget, and that is way outside of it. <laughs> so I so so I I needless to say I did not receive the Chuck E. Cheese robots for Christmas that year, nor the next year. Um, but for the rest of my life, I I continuously. That was a passion I had, and a lifelong goal was to eventually own one of the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, which, you know, <laughs> oh, that's an oversimplification, I know. You right. Know, there's, like, <laughs> there's more history of, like, they were once the Rockfire Explosion, and, you know, it's like, in, in theory, that's what I wanted as a Chuck E. Cheese robot. And in 2019, late 2019, December, um, one went up on eBay – and I was like, I had the funds, you know, because they, they go up on eBay every once in a while, but you never, I never had the money. And so 
I had money and I was like, I contacted this guy and I said, will you, are you willing to lower the price a little bit, first of all? <laughs> and he did. He was very kind, um, sold me the animatronic. Uh, that person now is a close friend of mine. Um, he has sold me all of my characters and I've gone up to, he has his own show and I went up to um, Missouri to help film some videos of his newly restored show oh, just awesome. recently. Um, wow. So it just just some random guy I bought from on eBay, now a very good friend. And then, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, um, I it's it's a it's not known right now, but I I might have just secured a lot of more animatronics. Oh, <laughs> Oops. Oh, that's amazing. I I have to yeah, that was... imagine that, you know, with the the current popularity of Five Nights at Freddy's, which really is it's this I, I don't know too much about it, but it's a video game franchise that's mm. based around you know a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band killing people, I believe, or something yeah, like that. Absolutely. So and that and <laughs> that has put a lot of interest in, um, you know, because right now all the Chuck E. Cheese stores are getting rid of their animatronics. They're phasing them out because they're expensive to upkeep and no one cares about them anymore. But now you have kids who are going to Chuck E. Cheese and asking the managers if they can buy the animatronics from them. The managers have to say, no, we are legally not allowed to. The corporate <laughs> corporate is making us destroy these because they don't want anyone to have them. So there has definitely been a resurgence in interest in these animatronics, um, which, you know, makes them more popular, but they're also incredibly rare these days and increasingly rare as they get removed from restaurants. And so... Um, it's not probably not untrue to say that I own a significant a, like and a not insignificant percentage of the animatronics that are in existence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> probably adds up to like one to two percent, honestly. And are you able to wow. display them? How do you have a space? I mean, they're big, I have to so, assume, right? Oh, they are I mean, you know, they're they range from five to almost seven feet. And they weigh like two hundred pounds a piece, so they're oh. yeah they're they're huge. And you know, um, as as everyone knows, the housing market is fantastic these days. So I will be <laughs> I am still residing with my parents, and they are let's just say slightly unamused that I keep bringing <laughs> giant robots into their house. <laughs> so do I have space for them? Kind of. <laughs> Would they rather I stop buying them? Probably. <laughs> no, they're, they're currently, there is a room downstairs that is just full of them, you know, and it will be even more full in a few weeks, probably. Uh, but, you know, uh, they're, they're supportive of my interests, whether it be animatronics or Weird Al. They always have been, so I will give them credit there. They are very... Very supportive and very understanding of just like, all right, fine, you can you can get another one if you really want to. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so Weird Al shirts, automatons, uh, animatronics. Is there anything else you collect? Um, I haven't been collecting a lot recently, but I I have a a significant a Muppet memorabilia collection. Oh, cool. Talking, you know vintage stuff to present day so like if, if when new stuff comes out i still purchase it for the collection I, I don't have it displayed anywhere anymore i used to for a while but 
yes, I, I have a pretty extensive Muppet collection. So shirts, automatons, Muppets, animatronics. I think that basically covers everything. Everything I collect. It's 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 quite a quite a wide range. It is of things, but I I guess a lot of them really link back. I mean, Weird Al was in the newest Muppet project. The the Electric Mayhem document, right. documentary series. He was featured right. in that. He played the automaton once. <laughs> now we just need him to work with work with the animatronics, and then we got ourselves a trifecta. We need an animatronic Weird Al wearing one of his Hawaiian yeah. shirts playing automaton music, and then you're... Exactly. And then, oh my gosh, the world will explode. With a Kermit puppet. <laughs> With a Kermit puppet, yes. yes. On the, the, on the stage from the Muppet the Show, yep. <laughs> the world will never be the same. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just seeing now that you have a uh, a Muppet Show automaton version out there, which yep. I'm definitely going to have to dive into after uh, after this interview. That that was one I've, I've, wanted, I've wanted to make that video since 2017 i remember i made the original demo of that in 2017 and then i just didn't do it because at the time i don't think i had the capabilities you know the editing processing power to do what i wanted to do and then also i was just like at the at any time i wanted to do it i'm like again it's a business move and i don't think it's that heavily requested and then it was i think at the beginning of this year i just said screw it i don't care if you guys like it or not i'm doing this for me <laughs> i can't wait for you to do a cover of mo wa mo wa <laughs> of what instead of phenomena mo wa mo wa oh i i that that's a stretch that is that is cover me that's a stretch I was like, am I having a stroke, or is our connection bad, or is Ethan just trying to make a joke? Uh, trying to make a joke, unfortunately. Hey, you know, got it. You got to swing for the fences sometimes, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't hit. But regardless, that would be a fun one to hear. Yes, that would actually that would absolutely be a fun one. I one I actually have not thought about that, but that would be that'd be a blast. All right, so, uh, Sully, for the person listening to this episode who wants to start learning more about the automaton and start learning how to play it, what uh, are your recommendations? So I always say, you know, people are like, what are your tips to be better at the automaton or learn the automaton? And I always say that as cheesy as it sounds, your main goal should should be to have fun because... I this was never meant to be taken seriously as a musical instrument. It was always, you know, a, a novelty toy, a novelty instrument. And so I'm like, you really, all that you should do is have fun with it. And if you're having fun with it, then you've already succeeded. Now, you know, I always say if you actually are really, really interested in learning to play the automaton, start with the smaller models because they're cheaper. You know, I would never suggest someone buy an $80 automaton first only to find out, yeah, I'm not really interested in learning this. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, learn on the smaller ones, the cheaper ones, because it'll it's a good entry point and it'll really kind of help you decide, oh, this is something I want to keep making videos or keep making music with so you know then you can buy the bigger ones and you know i at this point i have probably nearing a hundred of them so i would never suggest anyone do that because that is borderline an obsession and it's not (laughs) healthy so yeah i mean there are tutorials out there um hami which is the 
uh, distributor of the Automaton, the official distributor of the Automaton. They've started working with some of us Automaton YouTubers to create more content, and so they're creating some Automaton tutorials that have just been released, which those are very helpful if you're just if you're just starting to learn and. I'm sure more tutorials will come out, but really, you know, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously because in the end, it's it's just all it's all all it's meant for is to have a good time. And if you're having a good time, then we all win. That's awesome. And I guess if people want to get started with the real Sully G, what's a good entry point song? God, that's you can't ask me that kind of question. I don't remember my own catalog. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think there's a there's a playlist, a full playlist yeah. of every song I've ever done. And so I'd say start at number one and work your way all the way to. I, I think we, I think we're about to hit 150. So you got a lot of content there to watch. Just take the journey. <laughs> take the journey. Absolutely. We can check you out youtubecom slash G or slash the fake G or slash g sully for your more personal account you're at the real sully g all over social media so it's really easy to find your incredible content sully this has just been such a real pleasure and blast getting to speak with you wait you're telling me this isn't going to be like a three-part episode like like al gets (laughs) why this i i feel i thought my contract said that we get three one-hour episodes out of this interview ah it's fine you know it's been fun even if it's just one episode Maybe someday I'll do something noteworthy enough that you'll have to have me back on again. Well, hopefully we can have you back one day to discuss the top five Automaton Weird Al song covers. Uh, yes. You know, in 10 years from now, I will come right back here and and discuss that very topic. Wow. Thank you for the really fun interview, Sully. You can check out all his amazing Automaton covers at the Real Sully G on YouTube, as well as The Real Sully G on X, Instagram, Twitch, and Facebook. And for his other fun videos, be sure to check out G Sully and The Fake Sully G on YouTube. And also a special thanks to Sully for the amazing Automaton cover of our theme song. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also tardy. With much regret, we here at Discover Darwin Tourism Agency apologize for not celebrating Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day a few weeks ago. Oh man, we put together such a nice little clip art graphic and everything for it. From this day forward, we name February 7th as January 23rd was Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day Day to show that we have learned our lesson for such an epic blunder. The epic blunder, of course, can be blamed solely on Apprentice Frank, the newest member of the Discover Darwin Tourism Agency team. May you and your families have an excellent and solemn January 23rd with Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day Day today. And don't forget, April 3rd was Chuck's birthday day is coming up next week, so be sure to get everything you need done in time. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next holiday day expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, our very own Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. 
Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family. With special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Blair, Ajax, Gus and Alicia, Adriana, Jake, UH Jeff, Kenneth, Allison, Dana B, Casey, Scotto, Javier, Kev, Ron, Matt, Zeb, Zach, and also thanks to Metal Al and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly Weird Al podcast as lauded in the commentary track on the Weird the Al Yankovic Story DVD and Blu-ray, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, disgusting, meaningless existence. And once you join, you'll be the first and only ones to see the special videos from Ethan's private SF Sketchfest vault. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds go directly towards supporting our great podcast. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at 2000inch.com or weirdalpodcast.com. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, X, Threads, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode the moment that they drop. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, three out of four people make up exactly 75% of the world's population. Plus, we also love when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline. That number is 347-SPATULA, as seen in the Illustrated Al. Give it a call or text, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our guest, The Real Sully G, for joining us for this episode and for sharing his incredible talent by covering our very own podcast theme song on Otomatone. Thank you to Jared Marker, Suzanne Yankovic, Claire Walsh, Johnny O'Hearn, Aaron 3D Henry, Joe Bohannon, Zeb Lemke, Gavin Sullivan, and the late, great Chuck Helms. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our original podcast theme song, and thank you to the 17-time Grammy-nominated Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you, as always, for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast for your listening pleasure. And until the next time, remember to give and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and always, 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 no matter what you do, stay cheesy. So with all this talk about Automatone, the real Sully G inspired me to take up an instrument of my own. Oh, really? Which instrument? The Kramanacker. Did you just make up that word? No, it's a real word, I swear. That's weird. I don't see a definition for Kramanacker in my Oxford English Dictionary. And I certainly don't remember our friend Spencer Parks talking about Kramanackers on his podcast, The Dictionary. Oh, well, um, if it's not a real word, then tell me why Spellcheck did not underline it with that little red squiggly line thing that it does. Uh, well, probably because you have Spellcheck turned off after you threatened Intern Frank to turn it off? I saw you! Anyway, what's the first song that you plan to cover on your Kramanacker? Well, I'm no Monet, but probably something I can't make even worse. I got it. An Ethan, Christian, and the Ellsworth Spatchler song. 
That was David Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 220-inch. Ziga, ziga, ah. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome to the podcast the real Sully G, the music artist and self-proclaimed king of the automatones. He has a million subscribers on his YouTube channel and close to or over. He has a million subscribers Dave, on his YouTube channel Dave, and over. Yes. He has 2.33 million. Oh, See? you know what? <laughs> That's over a million, isn't it? Yeah, he he's not, he didn't lie. Technically, <laughs> do it one more time. All right, and then how how many views are we uh, doing? How many views uh, do you have? Jeez, over half a billion. You can say that's oh, half accurate, a billion. I think. Okay, perfect. You're like at eight hundred and fifty-three million or eight hundred fifty-three yeah. million. Jesus, I don't even keep track of that. That's so insane. Across that and all your other stuff, I, Dave, I think you can say over a billion views on the internet. It's a bit. Okay. Why not? Maybe by the time this podcast com- will come out, <laughs> it'll be accurate. After this podcast, you will definitely have over a billion views. Zika Zika! Ah! <laughs>